Hi, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder, and today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. If you love lactation tea but hate the taste, nursing time tea is for you. And we'll hear more about that after Diane reads our review of the week. And this review of the week is from Booby Prize 3. And she says, listen here, I shout your praises and tell everyone I know to listen to your podcast. I love it. My baby is four months old and I latched in the hospital and a few times at home, but had made up my mind that I wanted to go more towards exclusive pumping. I have been to this podcast and gotten so much good information. Right before three months, I decided to try to latch again. I got an IBCLC to come to help me and to come and help me with it. I decided to try this because of the podcast and it worked. I am so hooked on you guys and I wanted to thank you for your time and all the knowledge you share. I spread the word every chance I get about your podcast and also let everyone know about the magical creatures no one tells you about called IBCLCs. <laughs> That's amazing. And you know what? I, I tell people all the time, like, your baby will still latch. Like, and there's proof right there too, you know, because just because yeah, that happens, they did it, you know, like, so you gave them bottles for a month. That doesn't mean they're not going to latch again. You know, so I'm so glad you didn't give up. That's awesome. And we would love to hear reviews, like success stories like this, too. Like, I think it's fantastic um, that she and I'm glad that she found herself an IBCLC. That was coming and help her and like, good, good job. That's absolutely the way to go. So thank you so much. So send us reviews. You can email us if you if you want to do that way. Um, If you don't have iTunes course when it's on itunes it really helps us a lot like boosts the podcast but um if you want to just send us an email too that's fine and we'd love to hear from you and this week on the show we're going to talk about some controversial stuff yeah which is controversial for some ridiculous reasons which right. i don't even understand but we've been talking about like for Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks we're going to talk about this we keep saying yeah. oh yeah we're going to do an episode on this again because we did one like what like in the very a beginning years yeah ago. it was yeah. so long ago so we're gonna do it again and really break down the garbage and the crap and all that yeah 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 totally so we're gonna talk about bed sharing specifically um <laughs> last time we talked about co-sleeping and, and i think that part of the confusion is the terms because people use co-sleeping and bed sharing interchangeably and they're two different things so, and mainly I'm referring to, so James McKenna is um, head of the Mother Baby Sleep Laboratory at Notre Dame and has done extensive, extensive research on mother and baby sleep patterns. And he has watched them sleep. He's watched millions of mothers and babies sleep and what do they do? And studied, you know, history and the anthropology and the biology of of sharing sleep spaces with our babies yeah worldwide done so so much yeah right so this person is like the leading person um in this topic and um so co-sleeping co-sleeping is a term that just is like an umbrella term it just means that you're sleeping near your baby so a crib in your room that's co-sleeping. A sidecar crib, that's co-sleeping. A bassinet next to your bed, that's co-sleeping. The baby sleeping in your bed, co-sleeping. All of this is forms of co-sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to talk, or we would like to talk about um, the specific form of co-sleeping called bed sharing. 
um, because I think this is the most controversial way to sleep. And it is the most biologically normal and the way that humans have evolved. It is the way that your baby is born and expects to sleep. This is why your baby in the beginning, why everybody says, why can't I put my baby down? My baby doesn't want to sleep on their own. My baby hates the bassinet. My baby doesn't only sleeps when they're on me. I went through this. Mm -hmm. And I was immediately told, do not put your baby in your bed. It's dangerous. They'll die. I was just, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will, and you know, you'll just, you know, I, I, every time I tried to put him down, put Jack down, he would cry. And I was just like, something is wrong with me or this baby. We're doing it wrong. Like I can't, Something's wrong. All the things that they're telling us to do don't work. Right. Um, And the only thing that would work was when he was sleeping by me. And I used to make, I would bring him into the bed and I would make Josh sit up and watch us. (laughs) Like in case I fell asleep. Yeah. Like I thought if I fell asleep, he would die. Yeah. Because that's what they tell you. That's how they tell you. And there, I told you this at the last time we did the episode is there was a huge campaign in Milwaukee. um, Yeah. An anti-bed sharing campaign where they put billboards everywhere of um it was a picture of a baby in a in an adult bed and next to the baby was a butcher knife it's terrible suggesting you're murdering your baby if you put your baby in your bed i saw one it might have been from milwaukee too i think it was like in a documentary or something like that and it was um the baby in the bed but the the um the beds um was a gravestone you know, like the top oh, of the bed uh-huh. there. What, oh, the, what is that called? The the bed. A headstone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's, it's like that is the epitome of fear mongering. Oh this. my god! And 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 mind you, so so one my one of my favorite articles by James McKenna is a, an article called "Why Human Babies Do Not and Should Not Sleep Alone," and that's what I'm holding in my hand right here. And I was reading it last night, and I was underlining. I was telling Diana, I was underlining more <laughs> things than we could ever talk about in one <laughs> podcast. Um, but we can obviously put it on the website and I encourage everyone to read it. It's not long. It's, you know, six pages or something of printed out. It's, um, and it's just full of information about bed sharing and how bed sharing is just, it's, it's biologically normal. And we are here to have this conversation. Humans have evolved until now because of bed sharing and breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. These are the basis of human existence, sleeping close to each other and breastfeeding. Right. This is part, this is just who we are. But now we're in this culture where um, it's murder. And how did we get here? And that's, I don't have an answer for that and I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could speculate, but like, you know... it's sad. But there's so many things. There's so many things that have created distance between us and our babies and the fear mongering and the anti breastfeeding and the anti co sleeping, the anti all this stuff um, that we've gotten to this place where everyone's afraid to sleep with their babies, even though that's what your baby was born to do and that's what you want to do. You get more he sleep. He talks about this too. He, yeah, right. You get more sleep. The baby gets more sleep. The baby's body temperature is regulated. It, you know, it, it decreases your, your baby's chance of dying of SIDS or, or anything, you know, by half. Mm-hmm. This is actually a protective factor, not a risk. 
And we'll talk about we can talk about risk too because obviously bed sharing can be done unsafely. Right. There Just, are ways, but yeah. when you when you look at the death rates, like you know, the infant mortality rates of babies dying in beds, they will not distinguish the people that come upon the scene or are investigating this. They do not distinguish between a baby that fell in between the crack between the wall and the bed, which is unsafe. Mm-hmm. Or any kind. They do not do. They don't do. They don't tell. They don't distinguish between the, the ways that the baby died. There's like, oh, baby died in the bed. The baby died because of bed sharing. No, the baby died because the bed sharing situation was not safe. And the baby slipped between the wall and the mattress and suffocated. Right. That not- is the cause of death, not bed sharing. Right. Bed sharing is actually biologically normal. And there's ways, and you know, he goes through all of the ways of, you know, being, what are the risks and what is the way to, you know, safely bed share? And the risks are, you know, smoking, because you're, you're not able to, if you're a smoker, you don't arouse as easily when you're asleep, you know, responding to your baby's movements mm-hmm. or... Um, Drinking, drugs, these kinds of things are are situations that make um, bed sharing unsafe. Um, you know, fluffy mattresses, fluffy comfort be- um, bedding, yeah, covers, yeah. And you know, he says this. You know, the best thing you could do, which is what I mean. I was I bed shared with both of my kids, and we did this. We put the mattress off of the bed frame onto the floor, pulled it away from the wall. Stripped it of all of the fluffy stuff, had just light blankets, you know, and made it very safe. And 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 I, we can put this on the website too. All of the like, um, you know, creating a safe sleep space for your baby. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go through all of it right now, but we can put it on the website. But so it can be done safely or unsafely. But that does not mean that bed sharing or your body is somehow an inherent danger to your baby. That goes against biology, it goes against anthropology, it goes against your instincts as a parent, which are just as important here. When you're breastfeeding, mom and baby are very in tune to each other. Your sleep cycles end up being very similar when you're sleeping next to each other and you're breastfeeding. You will be very much in tune with what your baby is doing. And I, I've had a lot of moms that were like, well, I sleep, I'm not going to hear, I'm afraid I'm not going to hear the baby. I've yet to meet a mother that like bed shared with her baby that did not hear them or did not, you know. That goes against everything that we know about biology. Yeah. Between a mother and a baby. You just become one. You are one. Like you're, you're just, you know. Well, and that's what James McKenna does, right? That's what this mother-baby sleep laboratory is. What he does is he watches the moms and babies sleep for decades mm-hmm. and has, has, you know, has presented the research of how mothers and babies act in bed, how, what their behavior is in bed. And they're very in tune with each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't imagine anybody is surprised to hear this. That you have some sort of connection that no one else has with your baby. Society has done a huge disservice to parents, to mothers and babies. And when they went ahead and started this huge campaign years ago about, like you were just saying, oh, the baby fell between the crack of the bed. So it was, you know, it's because of bed sharing. It's because of bed sharing. 
that caused mothers to be so fearful that they would take their baby and sleep in a chair with them or take their baby and sleep yes. on the couch with them or and that is unsafe. That is an unsafe practice. That is really unsafe. But yeah. and instead we've been of, pushed to this. Yeah, we've been pushed to this. And instead of having the conversation about, okay, do you want to talk about how to safely bed share? You're told, don't ever do it. Never, ever, ever sleep with your baby because your baby will die. And then they move on to whatever, hap- you know, whatever is going on next in this family's lives. Nobody has a conversation with them about how to do it safely. And what the risk factors are. And that's where that's where McKenna comes in because he gives yes. us the, the risk factors and he tells us what is risky and what is not risky and how to do it safely instead of saying, no, you can't ever do it. There is no safe way. I mean, that's not there's risk factors to everything we do in our lives. Right. Yes. And he has a quote here. I worry about the message being given unfairly, if not immorally, to mothers That is, no matter who you are or what you do, your sleeping body is no more than an inert, potential lethal weapon against which which neither you nor your infant has any control. That is absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. That you are just inherently a danger to your baby. Your body is just a lethal weapon. When you're asleep. Yeah. What? When you're asleep, you're a danger to your baby. And everything that we know about the human existence goes against that. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's ways, and the, and the things that are unsafe, that make bed sharing unsafe, we have absolute total control over. Yeah. Yep, that's a really good point. Um, so, yeah, and, and your baby, you know, you're, like I said, you're, you're, you and your baby are wired to, to do this. And Dr. Jenny Thomas, I don't know if you know her, she's um, a pediatrician and a lactation consultant in Milwaukee. I've met her a bunch of times. She's super lovely. And she has this article, which I can't think of the name of it right now. I'll put it on the the website. Um, But she talks about, she's talking about bed sharing too. And she's talking about how your baby doesn't know that it's 2020. Right. Your baby is like, every baby is born like it's, you know, 400,000 years ago. They don't know that there's not tigers walking around. And she talks about the tigers and the tigers and the predators at night. Mm-hmm. You know, your baby doesn't know that you have a locked door and a security system on your house. They're just wired to know that nighttime is a dangerous time. And that evolutionarily speaking, people stuck together. Mm-hmm. So your baby is not, you know, your baby alone in another room Um you know, there's a reason why your baby is objecting to that. And, you know, Dr. James McKenna says that, too, in this article. Like, you know, babies usually have something to say about this, too. <laughs> you know, they usually have an opinion yeah, about they where they're going to sleep. And I remember the only, you know, and it's, and I, I'm sure some people put their baby, you know, babies sleep differently, too. So I know that there's people that put their babies to sleep in a crib and their baby just sleeps you know, some people, some babies just that works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's just how it goes. Um, but for a lot of people, it doesn't work. Um, and it certainly didn't work in my house. I put my baby down. And first of all, it felt weird. You know, and I, I had him in a bassinet next to the to the bed. And I and I and I went to the pediatrician and she was the same lady who, you know, 
who I always tell stories about, who didn't know anything about anything. And <laughs> she's like, she's like, well, you can start to, um, she was like, you can start to like, you know, you know, leave him in his crib. So, so what you do is, um, the first night you leave him in there, you know, and let him cry for like five minutes. And then you go in and pick him up. And then the next night, you do it for, like, 10 minutes. And she was, like, teaching me, I guess, how to, like, wean him into his crib or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was just looking at her, and I was like, he sleeps n- next to me in a bassinet. And she was like, oh. And she had no idea what to say about that. I you know, again, she's coming right out of med school where you, where you are, you know, bottle feeding and you're putting your baby to sleep in a crib. And that's... And you're giving them rice cereal at four months. Like, that, that, these are all the things that she knew. She didn't know what to tell to somebody who was like, I haven't put him in his crib yet. I don't know. You know, I go now I go to, and I'm sure that's not every pediatrician because I go to my pediatrician now and they're like, where does your baby, or, you know, do you have a family bed or uh, do they sleep in their own bed? Like, it's part of the questioning. Like, they're very, very accepting of it. But that's not, that's it's, not, that yeah. was not, that's not the majority of the experiences. The majority of the experience that people have is like, your baby's not sleeping in your bed, right? Don't ever do that. That's dangerous. Yeah. And then they lie about it. And then they don't yeah. have, uh, you know how many parents have looked at me and said, well, I'm sure you're not going to like this, but the, and yeah. I'm like, right. it's no, do it right for your family. If you're doing it safely, if you have the, if you know what's safe, if you know, you're with the the baby is with mom like you can't stick the baby in bed with you know aunt sally down the street and have the same outcome this is moms and babies safely sleeping together yeah so another quote from this article i swear i won't read to you the whole time (laughs) um he says he says um, it's akin to suggesting that because some parents drive drunk with their infants in their car seats unstrapped and because some of those babies die in car accidents, that nobody can drive with babies in their cars safely. Right. You know, that it's like just beca- because some people are out there, ha- ex- you know, um, bed sharing on sla- unsafely means that you can't do it safely. That's just not, that's not logical. Right. And we should talk more about this after our sponsor. Oh, it's time already. It's oh, time. No. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Do you love lactation tea but hate the, hate the taste? Often nursing teas can taste earthy, which is my favorite way of saying dirt. Fairhaven Health Nursing Time Tea is a caffeine-free, all-natural herbal lactation tea with a light lemon taste that you won't need to choke down. Nursing Time Tea is made with herbs such as fennel seed, goat's rue, and blessed thistle, that have been used for centuries to support healthy milk supply and soothe an upset tummy. All ingredients are high-quality, organic, wild-crafted, and contain no preservatives or additives. Nurture yourself and your milk supply with Nursing Time Tea. It can be made hot or cold, which is awesome for when you forget about it. <laughs> it's a great way to maintain your hydration while supporting your milk supply. Head to Fairhaven Health. That's F-A-I-R-H-E-H-A. Let me start again. F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use promo code badass for 10% off of your purchase. And now I've had this tea. I have some of this tea and now I want some because it is actually really good. <laughs> and it's good as iced tea in the summer too. Um, 
And looking, so head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com where you can find our sponsor links, the promo codes, um, all of our breastfeeding resources. You'll find the show notes where you can find all the links to the things that we're talking about today. And you can find information about scheduling your lactation consultation with Diane. Woo! Who, yes, who is, who has been getting some referrals from some friends, right? Yeah, which has been amazing. Like I've, in the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of people reach out to me and say, I want to purchase a consultation for my friend who, you know, is getting ready to have a baby or who just had a baby and is having a hard time or whatever. Like, I love that people are looking out for each other in that way. I think it's amazing. So just keep looking out for each other. These are hard times. They are. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to, to be getting all of this face to face, um, support that we need right now. Yeah. So we can do video consults and it works really well. And, you know, it's, it's great. Get your questions answered. And, you know, I mean, but that's, I thought that was just fantastic that people were, you know, buying up consultations for their friends. I know that is so cool. And that's what I said that last time, or I don't know that if I have a friend, yeah, who has a baby, like instead of buying some kind of thing, which we still need to do a baby registry oh my episode. God. Um, I'm going to buy like a voucher for a consultation with Diane. And then, you know, just give it to them. Be like, you need to have this. Yeah. <laughs> you need to. And I think that's the thing is that people a lot of times think too, like I don't need to call a lactation consultant until I'm like in like up shit's Creek. No. You know, like that's don't do that. That's like calling the fire department when there's flames bursting through the window. <laughs> you don't do that. You call when you smell smoke, yeah. right? Yeah. I feel like, oh, well, I thought it was going to be better. It's like, how have you yeah. been going on? You know, people that have been like breastfeeding with bleeding nipples for three weeks. Yeah. I'm like, how have uh, you been doing this? Oh, I thought it was going to get better. No, no, it doesn't get better unless you do something different. Yeah. And, yeah. So do it. Um, and then I have um, our um, breastfeeding tip of the week, which um, kind of ties into what we're talking about. Um, and this is from Tasmim Shalmi, T-A-S-M-I-M-S-H-A-L-M-I. Um, she says, or they say, uh, it's, an uphill, it's an uphill journey. It's going to be a tough climb for a bit at the beginning. Even when you feel like it's too hard to go on, push just a little bit more to get over that peak. After you've passed that hump, and I promise you will, it's so much easier the rest of your breastfeeding journey. And it's so true. The problems that you experience in the beginning are things that can be worked through. Mm -hmm. And you catch them earlier, the better. You can work through them, and things will be smooth sailing. They really will. Yeah, absolutely. They can be. And I mean, even, 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 um, and like I said before, like, don't wait until there's flames. Like, call one, call, contact Diane when you're pregnant. Yeah. And just be like, hey, I want to just, you know, put you, put myself on your radar that my baby's coming soon and I would like to, you know, possibly have a consultation with you once my baby's here. Absolutely. You know, it does not hurt to make that connection early. Absolutely. Yeah. Before you're, you've got, because people are like, I used to do this. I did this. <laughs> I'll do it when the baby's here. Like, I'm too busy right now. Yeah. I can't deal with it. I have to deal with the pregnancy. I'll do it when the baby's here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was like, no, nothing happens when the baby's here. Like, there's no more, like, quiet 
and good time to get things done than when the baby is still inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. So do it early. Absolutely. Okay. So now we're talking about bed sharing, right? We're talking about how, um, how it can be done safely or unsafely, but it is biologically normal and we have evolved, um, to this point now because of it and breastfeeding and it there's no way that you can talk about bed sharing without talk about talking about breast breastfeeding Mm -hmm. because the two go hand in hand breastfeeding is part of safe bed sharing yes it is this is where that communication between the mother and the baby comes from um bottle feeding is a risk factor Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not an anti-bottle, um, anti-formula, anti-whatever podcast. No, it's this just is a fact. Science. This is just science. And the reason um, behind that is that formula does not digest as easily as breast milk does, and it keeps the baby fuller longer, and they cannot wake themselves as easily. Babies do have shorter sleep cycles, and they do have apneatic states. It's just babies immature and that's that's developmentally appropriate right. breast milk is very thin and very easy to digest so that the baby wakes frequently and this is all on purpose this is so that your baby does not go into a deep sleep for a long time which is a risk factor for SIDS mm-hmm. this is why formula is a risk even but even without bed sharing why formula yeah. is a risk factor yeah, for absolutely. SIDS absolutely that's why bottle feed yeah so it's not like Again, oh we're trying to science like, yeah. Yeah. If this all this if you've done all this stuff and I formula fed too, um, this is not you know, this is not some reason to go cry in the corner. This is just yeah, we're just doing just the facts. information that yeah. we're sharing that we didn't have early on. Right. I didn't know any of this. Um, and places like um Japan, um, where the um rates of SIDS are lowest in the entire world. Um, bed sharing is a cultural norm. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is like bed sharing causes SIDS, and this is these things are not true. No, no. Um, bed sharing and SIDS are two very different things, and that's another thing. Like that gets lumped together, and it is not the same thing. It's right. not. It's not the same thing. Right, and 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 we and we're still and and when we talk about breastfeeding too, you know, it's not just the. You know, there's a reason why this all works together so well. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, we all we all know the benefits of breast milk, right? Mm-hmm. This is this. These are things and and combining breast milk, breastfeeding with the sleeping, which James McKenna calls breast sleeping, which we should do a whole entire episode on <laughs> that article because it is awesome. I bet, um, yeah. You know, all of these things work together and happen you know there's things going on physiologically inside the baby that are promoting growth and health going on inside the mother promoting health and growth and this is all you know this is just this circular you know your breast milk is going into your baby your your their their bodies and their vital organs are being regulated they're getting your breast milk these are all things that are not only safe but like i said a million times biologically normal they are expected. This is who we are. This reminds me so much. Like, I can't help but think about the episode that we did with Tracy Castles from Evolutionary yes, Parenting, was- right? And how she said, well, if you go camping, you're not going to put your baby in their, their own tent somewhere else. 
Like if you go on vacation and you get a hotel room, you're not going to put your baby somewhere else. You know, you're, you're going to have your baby with you. So why are we putting our babies in a different room when they're infants and they need us so badly in the house, in your house? Right. Right. And I was going to mention her episode too, because she also said something that was really, um, that was really, uh, moving to me, which was, I was saying like, I was in the middle of saying how amazing people are and how, you know, you know, people are so tired and so much is being asked of us and, you know, but, but people are really, you can see new parents are, you know, being warriors and they're getting through it. And she was like, yeah, 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 that's great. (laughs) But, but what are we asking? But is that okay? Is it okay that we are, you know, asking people to have a baby, go back to work at six weeks, make that baby sleep in their own room, you know, limit their breastfeeding, you know, I mean, all these things, the things that we are asking people to do, not only are they like not natural, they're absolutely impossible. Right. How is anybody supposed to function like this? You know, so when we have these people making these anti-bed sharing claims like the um, American Academy of Pediatrics, they promote co-sleeping, but say not to share um, a bed. Mm-hmm. You know, when when we ask these things of people, we are making we are making life so hard for people instead of educating, simply educating people with honest to God it could be like a small five by eight flyer on how to create a safe co-sleep bed sharing situation. It's not hard. It is something that is absolutely possible for everyone, you know, minus the risk factors of like the drinking and the drugs and the smoking, Mm -hmm. you know, why are, we're just, we're, we're just, we just move to the, to the fear mongering instead of trying to help people. And then we make it so hard on people when actually you'd be getting more sleep. I know it doesn't feel like it, but it really (laughs) is. People are like, I'm sleeping with my baby and I don't get any sleep. I know. I know. I was there. I've had the back aches. I've had the, all of that. I get it. It doesn't feel like it. But if somebody was to, if James McKenna were to bring you into his laboratory, I kind of want to go to sleep in there. Oh my gosh. I wish that I could like have been a part of it. This is fascinating. Um, I know. And like you would be getting more sleep. I mean, it just makes sense, right? That you mm-hmm. would be getting more sleep than to getting up every time your baby moved or cried or whatever. I'm assuming that you're answering your baby's cries because also, also some things that, that we tell people to do is just to leave your baby cry. If they start crying, just leave them alone, which we can do an episode and cry it out. And there's a ton of research behind that, too, of why Absolutely. that's dangerous. Absolutely. Of why it's dangerous and has lifelong harmful effects. People Absolutely. will try to tell you that it's not, but it is. There's a lot yep. of research on it. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, so do you, so have we convinced you? <laughs> <laughs> there is so much that I would love to get into about it. And like when you mention about how, you know, why are we doing this to parents and, and you know, putting us into this into this impossible place and just makes me think of how many moms have told me that like, you know, moms and moms and their partners are taking shifts to sleep because, you know, like, and, and how you sleep downstairs on the couch for weeks because that's where the baby's bassinet is and that's where they'll sleep better and nobody wants to move. And it's just like, what are we doing to ourselves here? 
And this yeah. is all out of the fear that society tells us if we put our baby in our bed, we are going to kill them. Right. And that's just unfair. Right. And one more quote towards the end of this article is that unless practiced dangerously, sleeping next to a mother is good for infants. The reason why it occurs is because it is supposed to. End of story. And I love that. Yeah. End of story. Right. Yeah. And I mean, maybe we should just call this part one and yeah. pick up the conversation because I'm not done. No. There is so much more to talk We're about. We're out of time. It. And Diane has barely had a chance to talk. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have agree. That's all I need to do. <laughs> It's like, yes, yes. Oh, we've read all the same stuff, so. Yeah, and it, but it, there's so much. Like, there's so much we didn't touch on, even. Exactly. There's, like, mountains and mountains yeah. of research and, you know, biology and anthropology and history to all of this. But this is what, when we say an informed decision. So if yeah. you get the information and you choose to sleep separately from your child, you have made an informed decision. If you get the information and you choose to sleep with your child, you are making an informed decision. But to just be like, oh, I can't because they told me no, that the baby will die. Like You're getting one person's opinion on how you should live your life and what you should be doing here. You know, get right. the information. And that's all we're doing. We're just giving you, we want to give you the information so that you can make a decision what's going to be best for your family. And right. we, want you to, we want you to have the information. That's all it is. Info. That's all it is. Knowledge is power, people. Yep. I didn't make that up. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That was another quote from someone else. I know. I think I took it from like, I don't know, Schoolhouse Rock. I don't know. Something like that. Oh, that was funny. Uh, That's it. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.